0: Hey, everyone. Welcome back to Three Fates Decide. My name is Sam, and I am here with my two co-hosts, Liz and Mary. Say hello. Hi. Hello. And for your listening pleasure, this episode is all about uh, one of the, uh, I guess, most A-list film festivals uh, in the world. And that's the, the Cannes, right? That's how you pronounce it, Cannes?
1: Yeah, I think yeah. so. Okay.
0: Yeah, that's the the Cannes Film Festival, which takes place in Cannes, France. Um, and uh, we're going to kind of go over some of the, I guess, highlights from this year's festival. It just uh, passed. It was from May 16th to the 27th. And um, it is now, you know, By the time you listen to this, it'll be, you know, later on. But for us, it just happened. So uh, we're going to kind of go over a couple of things that, uh, you know, went on this year. And yeah. You think you know what we're going to talk about. And welcome back to Three Fates Decide. It
1: just sounds more
0: dramatic that way. All right. So this
2: week we are going to be talking about.
0: But just when you least expect it, we
1: changed the game.
2: One Will Smith slapped Chris Rock. I mean, we always
0: celebrated Easter.
1: you part of the Half Blood Prince,
0: so we're gonna do another free talk, freestyle thing, no planned discussion. At the end of the day, only one thing matters: we decide. We're gonna
1: hit the, the, the main highlights. That is the thing, with like what we were saying back in that episode. But quick recap:
0: Three Fates Decide podcast.
1: Yeah, I mean, the big reason why we kind of wanted to talk about this particular festival is because um, it is, in essence, like one of the major, you know, uh, festivals in the festival season that happens every year. Um, So I'm sure some of you guys who are really huge film fans, you're probably following the whole festival circuit thing for a lot of movies. and. As you would probably know, some of the movies that get screened at festivals like, be- like, like Han and, um, you know, Sundance and uh, Tribeca and even, you know, later this year, the Venice Film Festival, those kind of movies, they tend to be the ones that you need to keep an eye on when award season, you know, starts happening. Um, in the beginning of uh, the following year. So it, it's always worth checking out, you know, which movies were screened, which movies were in competition, which movies got bought, sold, whatever. So, um, well, one interesting thing um, I noticed was actually who was part of the jury um, for the main competition. Uh, it included Paul Dono, Brie Larson this year um which which was which is kind of interesting mm-hmm. you know yeah especially with brie larson because it's like you haven't really heard much about her outside of you know doing captain marvel lately
0: yeah i was uh i was a little surprised when i heard that because yeah i mean she's been in some good movies i mean she was you know nominated for an oscar i believe at some point, and. You know, but yeah, she hasn't really done much. So for her to all of a sudden, you know, be a judge in the main competition, it just it was it was a little weird. But I don't know what you have to do in order to become one.
1: Yeah, I, I'm not sure either. I mean, it's funny. Paul Dano actually made more sense to me because, I mean, he has done quite a few movies that have gotten very good reviews. I mean, we talked about you know him being the riddler in the batman movie so you know as an example and mm-hmm. you know he got a lot of positive reviews for that and he did do amazing in that which I'm um, you know I mean we all had varying degrees of like or dislike about that movie but we I think it was unanimous all three of us agree he was like one of the best parts of that movie so yeah yes, yes. yeah um Okay, so there's that. Um, you know, what was also interesting was the f- festival opened with what some may call the triumphant return of Johnny Depp
0: mm-hmm.
1: with uh, Jean Dubarry. Yes. But it was also very controversial as well. So,
2: yeah. Well, it was only controversial because of his ex-wife and her band of I don't know yeah, exactly. That one right there. But yeah. I mean the man got a seven-minute standing ovation
0: right. for
2: John Debarry. I mean, come on now. Mm-hmm. He did it. Yeah. Of nothing of nothing else, this cemented his comeback. And this is yeah. going to I swear this is going to cement his comeback into Hollywood because I mean. If he can get a seven-minute standing ovation at the Cannes Film Festival, come on now. Yeah. That, 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 those are his equals that are giving him that standing ovation. Those are, those are people that have worked with him, that know him, and realize that he is not who she claimed
1: he was. Yep. I'm kind of curious, like, I'm kind of curious, like, would you guys be interested in actually watching the movie Oh
2: uh, yeah, Jean- yeah. I, if Jean I could find it, yes, I would watch
1: it. Yeah, I'm kind of curious because he plays Louis the mm-hmm. Fifteenth, and the title character is actually um, for anybody who is not familiar with French history, especially um, during the royal dynasties, you know periods. Um, Jeanne Du Barry is actually pretty one of uh, Louis the like mistresses, and she's one of most famous of his mistresses so the other interesting thing is this movie is entirely in french from what i understand so i would be curious to listen to johnny speaking in french the entire time
0: i know he is fluent because his ex was french and he lived in france yeah does he still pretty much live in france actually i think he's living in england right now okay
2: because i knew he was living because i knew he lived in france for the longest time even after they um
0: broke
2: up broke up yeah
0: well and then i should say after they separated but and then he lived in la with herd and then uh, yeah yeah last i heard he was living in uh, england like in the country, of it, like not like in London or like a major right, city, he's living like out, out, he's out living in the out country, north. which is awesome. Yeah, out in the countryside. And uh, actually, Can't um- believe unfortunately, me. it just came out. He he broke his ankle. He was supposed to go on a tour with his band to like Boston, New York, and somewhere else. Mm. And uh, he has to cancel because he fractured his, his ankle. Ouch. So. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, yeah. the, the ouch. Yeah. But, yeah.
1: But Feel better, Johnny. Yeah, seriously.
0: Exactly. But yeah, I do believe but, he is fluid uh, in French. So it would be nice to hear, him, sure, yes. hear him speak. Right. It. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. It would be kind of interesting to listen to him, like, doing all this dialogue completely in French. Yeah. You know, because unfortunately, Americans, just in, in general, uh, are not really known for speaking any other languages.
0: Yeah, uh, unfortunately. Yeah. Well, that's because so, they, don't, which is why- they don't start teaching us until we're too old. Right?
1: Right. You know, like especially if you're not from like an immigrant family or anything. Mhm. Yeah, I mean, I don't I don't pretend to be completely fluent, but I mean, you know, I sort of speak three languages so I'm the only one out of us.
0: <laughs> I'm learning sign language. But, um,
1: that's cool though, sign language. Um I you know what? I mean, okay. So for people who, you know, are only vaguely aware of like what conf film festivals like um the you know, obviously the most famous jury is actually the main competition jury which is what we were talking about like you know with Bree and Paul being part of that. I was looking up some of the other I guess like other juries they have at the festival and I was actually quite surprised who else was included in some of these. Like there's an uns um un certain regard I guess is how it's pronounced um John C Riley was on that jury and he was actually the president of the of that jury which i thought was interesting Mm -hmm. um and kirsten johnson was on a different jury too i'm like hmm interesting that's a documentary filmmaker um but yeah um i guess next thing we could talk about is like um you know a few of the movies that were screened um, some of the movies screened were part of the actual competitions, and then others were just to exhibit um, and potentially you know promote like promote the movie and in some cases maybe get some attention so that uh, distributors would purchase the distribution rights to some of these um, so the winner in the competition was Anatomy of a Fall, which um, I will be interested to see if that actually gets any notice in award season, you know, because it won Khan, you know, because I think like other movies that have won Khan in previous years have ended up, you know, getting nominated in a bunch of things later. So,
0: mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Um, Actually, another interesting movie that was also in competition, actually, is Asteroid City, which was directed by one Mr. Wes Anderson and has quite uh, the A-list cast in it, um, including Scarlett Johansson, Tom Hanks, Jeffrey Wright, Tilda Swinton, Brian Cranston, Edward Norton, Adrian Brody, Liev Schreiber, And a bunch of other people you may have heard of. So, yeah. That is is
0: quite a list.
1: That is. Like, (laughs) holy
0: hell, that's a list. I
1: mean, seriously. Um, I can't imagine the budget of that movie then. Just to pay
2: for all of that talent.
1: Yeah, I mean, and I just listed, like, the really famous, like, super famous names. There's quite a few other actors in it that you would have heard of. You know, like, Maya Hawke. Steve Carell, Matt Dillon, Willem Defoe. Yeah. Still, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: Just, just, just just oh my god, just just the budget to pay those act those names. Oh my god, seriously. I mean, obviously yeah. the talent is as well, but the names because of the talent,
1: damn. yeah. I mean, you totally know that fo- um the distributor is a focus features, so you definitely know that once, you know, you get to war season, they are going to push hard for this one.
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely.
2: <laughs> definitely. definitely.
1: Um, let me think of it. Let's see. Um, I did hear, a, I mean, I don't know too much about it, but I did hear a little bit about um, Monster... Uh, which is another movie that was part of the um competition, the main competition, which is the Palm Door. Um, that's like one of the you know, when you think of Cannes Film Festival and you think of like the actual competition, that is the big award, the Palm Door. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, this, yeah, this movie is a Japanese movie. Um, I've heard it got some attention at the like quite a bit of attention at the festival. So, Again, this is potentially another one of those movies that will get some, probably get some notice in the uh, award season for obviously foreign language slash international uh, films.
2: Well, it did win an award,
1: right? Right. It won best screenplay. Right. So it's definitely going to get.
2: Yeah. So it's it's up there.
1: Yeah. So somebody somebody's going to try to like get the distribution rights, and you know push for that at the Oscars amongst other awards so um, let me think what else I did hear a little bit about Pot of Foo, uh, with Julia Benoche as the big name uh, that you know American audiences might be somewhat familiar with um, that one also got really good ratings as well at the festival so again you know it could get some award pushes. Um, Let me see. What other interesting ones to note? Uh, Indiana Um,
0: Jones.
1: (laughs) Oh, yeah. There's quite a few big-name movies that were screened, but they were not part of the competition. Mm -hmm. Um, Of course, Indiana Jones and The Dial of Destiny. Uh, Mr. Ford's uh, Farewell to the Character. it's time. Yeah. yeah, seriously. You know what? It's time. After
2: the third. As much time. as I love, yeah, it was after the third. Yeah, I'm with you after the third one. It was time. But as, as much as I love Harrison Ford, I the the man is nearly eighty years old now. He he needs to step back. Well,
0: and, it and is it's time. And it's, not only, it's just like I, I just hate when. You know because something worked they like kill it they just keep beating that horse Beat it to until it's like literally like it, 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 there's not like it's done the last Indiana Jones movie was terrible you know I'm, I doubt this one's gonna be very good and it's no fault of the actors it's no as you said Harrison Ford is nearly 80 he can't do all this stuff anymore and like it why, 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 why did we have, why is what I need to know. I need to know why. I know.
2: It's like, why do they have to bring the, why do they have to do the fourth one? Yeah.
0: After, I mean, like, like the horse has been beaten and then you dragged it back and beat it more. I mean, the horse
2: was already dead after the third <laughs> one, because the third one was like the epitome of it at all. You know, it was like, you can't get any better. I, well, oh, the horse was well. dead. <laughs>
0: I love that one. Yeah, that was Sean Connery. Yeah. Oh, God.
2: Yes, exactly. Like I said, the third movie was like, don't get me wrong. I loved the first, the the original three are masterpieces of Harrison Ford's career, besides obviously Star Wars. And there's other movies, obviously, but those are the big, big ones that most people are instantly recognizable with him in it. The characters, at least. Those three were perfect. The third one was. Chef's kiss to make because I mean, I mean you got Sean Connery. I mean, how how can you not? <laughs> the horse died at that that point. The minute the movie ended, the horse yeah. was dead. They left the horse. They left the horse. They buried the horse. Unfortunately, they dug the horse up and, and then decided we're not done. with We're not done beating the dead horse. Yeah. And they've done it twice now. I'm like this poor horse.
0: Seriously,
2: it's nothing but bones at
0: this point. Uh, yeah, but uh, you asked. Also... I have mixed yeah.
1: feelings.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Sorry,
1: yeah. go ahead. Yeah, yeah I've I've real mixed feelings about like yes. whether I will watch it or not because I mean, oh, I'll watch it, but I'm I'm a be <laughs> like
0: mm. skeptical side. Well, eye. undoubtedly,
1: if you if you, but undoubtedly, if you do, you will probably want to do a review of it. Or maybe we'll all oh. do a review of it. Who knows? Yeah.
2: I mean I will watch it. I will watch it. I but don't I'll probably sit in, I'll probably be going, Oh dear God, why? <laughs> oh God.
0: That'll be that'll that'll be mine. Um Yeah. You also had Martin Scorsese's yeah. uh, Killers of the Flower Moon that has like Leonardo DiCaprio and um, Robert De Niro Brendan Fraser John Lithgow um, you know that whole <clears throat> cast they also weren't in competition but it was yeah. it was shown
1: yeah I am I saw the trailer and I'll be honest with you I actually do want to watch this movie because um, when I looked up what exactly the story about is about, I was like, okay, this is a movie that honestly a lot of people should watch it because it covers a very tragic uh, part of American history that never gets talked about, like in any of our history classes. And that is really a shame. and. It, you know, really should be something people should be more aware of. I mean, I didn't know about this either. I mean, as much as like I am, I I call myself a history nerd. There are still many things in American history that I have not heard of, unfortunately. And what this movie is about is one of those things. So very quickly, the basic premise of the movie is that it centers on... Um, a series of murders that happen in Oklahoma in the nineteen twenties um, towards people in the Osage Nation. So a lot of um, Native American people were killed over oil um, because there were a bunch of you know deposits located in areas that were declared as reservations. Um, on tribal land, and of course, predictably enough, as soon as that, you know, gets discovered, all the white folks show up and are like, yeah, so about this land we told you guys to live on after we kicked you out of your other land that you originally lived on for, you know, the last thousand plus years, um, we want this too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it is a shame that we don't know this. I mean, just like um, those other terrible things that happen in Oklahoma, again, um, like, you know, the Tulsa riots that have only been discussed in recent years, actually. Again, more terrible history that was not taught in a lot of parts of this country. And that is a shame, you know, because... We should learn this and we should grow from it and do better for the future. So I would actually want to watch this movie. And it is actually based on a book um, with the same name. Um, Yeah, it's a nonfiction book. I I double check. So I would actually want to get uh, a copy of it and read the book as well. So... Because it, it really is a shame that we don't know this and we should. So. There, I'm off my soapbox now. <laughs> it's fine. Yeah. Um, I guess the other interesting thing we'll make mention of in terms of what got screened is um, the closing film, which is Elemental.
0: Yeah, I saw that trailer when I saw Little Mermaid. It looks so cute. It's a Pixar movie. Yeah. It it reminds me yeah. of like Inside Out, but it's about the elements. Mm-hmm. It, that does it, sound yeah, cute. Yeah. It like you know, the um the trailer ended and my sister and I both went, Oh, that looks really cute. We we should come see that. Hee <laughs> hee. <laughs> but but yeah, so yeah. I'm looking forward to that one.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah, so those are like some, obviously, that's not all the movies that were screened uh, com- in competition or not in competition at the festival. But there's just way too many to talk about. Um, so we're not going to like drag that out. But um, I guess like, we'll just quickly go over like a few other interesting bits of news that came out of the festival since, um, you know, a lot of things were going on and it did happen for like about 2 weeks um one of the okay for me one of the uh WTF moments was um this announcement i read was apparently they are doing a sequel to that uh Winnie the Pooh slasher horror movie and it involves Bambi and i'm like what
2: Well, I honestly can't be surprised about that because I mean, Bambi was ab- was absolutely horrifying to children if they understand what's going on with the movie. Yeah, but this is even worse. I know, right. but, but at I'm least just... it's not going to be they're they're mar- at least they're not marketing it to children. They're
1: marketing it to adults. No, I know, but I'm just like I know. Just, I'm just like, how, why is this even a movie? <laughs> Well first off well first off the Winnie the Pooh thing. I was like, what? Yeah, yeah like they just that, threw that some was stuff how I threw together them and was like, here you go. Yeah. They're like,
2: well, how can we just it's like how can we re-traumatize all the ch- all the children that are now adults with the movies of their childhood? How can we re-traumatize them? <laughs> because obviously if you look at Winnie the Pooh now as an adult it, it's kind of like you're on an it's like you're on an acid trip because I mean it it makes no sense and I loved Winnie the Pooh right Winnie the Pooh Tigger Tigger and Eeyore were, were the, those were my jams I was either Tigger or I was Eeyore I am now mostly Eeyore <laughs> Tigger comes out every once in a while and every once in a while there'll be a good day and I'll and I'm like and I got the energy of Tigger. Mostly I'm just Eeyore, and I'm like, I don't know where I've lost my damn tail. Yeah, poor guy. I know, poor Eeyore. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, that's, pretty much, that's pretty much how I'm most most days. Yes.
1: Yeah. But yeah, it, it <laughs> was it was very strange. Like I I already thought that was kind of weird to begin with. That like they were even doing a movie like that, like for Winnie the Pooh. Mm -hmm. i mean i i i will concede the idea of making bambi into a horror slasher type movie okay that does slightly make a little bit more sense considering things but still it's just it's still very like the hell
2: it is it's very bizarre but i mean in a way it doesn't surprise me like at all
1: yeah that's true
2: I don't know why it doesn't surprise me, but it really doesn't. I'm just like, okay. Like, I said, it didn't really surprise me that they made Winnie the Pooh into a horror film either. Cause I'm just like, okay, just take all the traumatizing shit from our childhoods and just re traumatize us as adults, but make it gorier. I'm like, okay. Yeah. I always thought Winnie the Pooh was a vicious little bear anyway.
1: Wait, seriously?
2: I mean, come on, the man, have you seen the man eat honey?
1: Yeah, that's true. That's true.
2: I I mean, you know he's murdered some bees for that honey.
1: Well, I mean, probably a real bear probably did.
2: I I mean, as much honey as that bear eats, I mean, you can't tell me he left all them bees alone and just easily went and got that honey. No, he was murdering them bears, ripping them beehives apart. They just don't show that shit.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but anyway. Right. Um
2: yeah, the the baby yeah. thing, it it's kinda of, it's weird, but it makes sense, but it's weird. Yeah. It it
1: yeah. I agree. I, yeah. I mean not that I that I was gonna ever see either one, but you know, since it's not really my thing, uh, horror slasher movies in general, but um yeah. yeah. That was just okay. like what the heck. But it was just like, what the hell?
2: Yeah, I haven't seen the the uh, Winnie the Pooh one. I've thought about it, but I haven't watched it yet. Hmm. I may eventually watch it just because one day when I'm really like want to traumatize myself and be like, well, let's just do this shit, I'll watch it because I'm like, might as well.
1: Hmm. Yeah. Um. But anyway. Um. So another odd. Thing is, actually, there is a collaboration between Mel Gibson and 50 Cent. Apparently, um, they are working on a crime thriller that, um, as of uh, a couple of weeks ago or recently, um, they were currently in production on, and um, it is kind of an interesting premise, I, I will admit, but it's just like it's really unexpected, uh. Pairing in this movie because they both are. So Gibson is playing an FBI special agent, and uh, Fifty Cent is a police chief, and they are trying to track down a serial killer um, together. So uh, this movie was be basically being shopped around. You know, I like can you know for like distribution and whatnot. But yeah, that I mean I, I just had to mention that because that's just like again, kind of unexpected uh partnership, I guess you could say, for a movie. Yeah. Oh, actually one other interesting thing. Um Michael Douglas was given an honorary Palm d'or. Um, as well as Harrison Ford. Yeah, I think
0: I read Harrison Ford was like last minute. Mm-hmm. Like <laughs> Like, it wasn't, like, a planned thing originally.
1: Huh. Yeah, I think no. I read that, They were too. just
0: like, oh, here you go. You, you can have this. That's kind of awkward. It was, like, right before Indiana Jones, like, premiered or whatever. And they were like, um... Here, you're old. We'll give you this. That's awkward. at least how I am envisioning the conversation. Yeah. <laughs> Your career's almost over. Here you go.
1: Yeah. <laughs> um... Oh, and another interesting uh, bit of uh, business dealing that happened at the festival. So uh, Firebrand, which stars Alicia Vikander and Jude Law, um, was being, you know, sold internationally. And there was apparently quite a bit of, uh, you know, horse trading, as it were, for this movie. There was like some real interest in... The distribution and ultimately um uh prime is Amazon prime is uh, video is going to distribute it, at least in the uk um and it also looks like Phil uh Sony Pictures is also involved in distribution for this movie as well so in case any of you weren't aware of what this movie is about basically uh Jude Law plays Henry the eighth and Alicia is playing his um Last wife Catherine Parr, who did survive her husband. Um, so there's that. Um, I I don't know if I would actually watch that. I I mean, just how many times can you talk about Henry VIII and his business with his six wives? Really, you know. Apparently, more
2: more than anybody really cares to. I know, right. <laughs> they they keep making movies and shows and musicals and everything about it. I'm like, good God.
1: Yeah, I mean, seriously, how many times can we rehash this? This We, we this know what thing? happened. I mean, seriously. <laughs> we understand. Let me see. What else is there to mention? Because, again, I'm, you know, trying to weed through all the various announcements. Um and you know and and you know to to be fair some of the things like only really die hard you know uh indie film lovers and you know international film lovers would be super interested in like everything um oh actually this is this one was also um attention grabbing and potentially award season uh bait as it were Netflix buys May December, starring Natalie Portman and Julianne Moore for 11 million. Following Buzzy Can debut, um, if you probably if you if you couldn't guess by the title, um, it is about a relationship that has a age gap. So, um, yeah. Um. So in this movie, uh, Julianne Moore plays the December to Charles Melton's much younger May, you know, the de- May and December in the title, who is just 13 when the two fell in love. Given their 20-year age gap, their marriage inspired a national tabloid scandal. Decades later, the relationship is put to the test as an actress. Uh, Portman travels to Georgia to study the life of Moore's character, whom she set to play in a film. So, hmm yeah this uh this is gonna be one of those movies that you're you you imagine that they're gonna totally push this in award season you know I mean just just looking at the cast alone, you know the two mm-hmm. big actresses in it i mean they're they're clearly gonna do that um Todd Haynes is the director um oh and <laughs> Uh, CAA Media, Finance, and UTA Independent Film Group repped U.S. rights on the film. <laughs> of course. Yeah. Todd Haynes, the Oscar-nominated uh, screenwriter Far From Heaven, is also known for pop star-inspired Velvet Goldmine, Carol, uh, Bill- Bob Dylan, biopic I'm Not There, etc. So, I mean, you know, this director has done some very good work, so... And we both know these actresses are very good actresses. So, I mean, the movie's probably very good, but still. (laughs) Given who's involved in this. Um, Yeah. I can't think of too much else that is worth discussing in terms of news um, at the festival that... Oh, actually, there is one last thing. I almost forgot about this. The Idol, uh, that show with uh, Lily Rose Depp, I think, and um, oh, the weekend. Yeah. That that was, I guess, like I guess they screened it, like, um, what a, like the first episode or something like that. Um, which I'm confused about because like it, it's a TV series, so. I'm assuming they were screening like the first episode maybe. And oh, that was another controversial one. A lot of controversy. Mm. I mean, some like, you know, some people were like protesting it and everything. Woof. Well, um, at any rate, uh, it will be interesting to see if any of our predictions about some of these movies we mentioned being award season candy, uh, yeah, I
0: guess we'll have to wait <laughs> happens to see. or not.
1: Yeah, and who knows? Maybe some of the movies we didn't mention might be uh, dark horses um, during award season, but who knows? Yep. Did you like what you heard on our episode today?
0: Well, then feel free to come back and listen to us again. You can find us on all different streaming sites, including Amazon Music, Apple Podcasts, Deezer, iHeartRadio, Spotify, you name it, we're there. And if you really like us, feel free to follow us on Instagram and TikTok at That's Three Fates Decide. That's T H R E E Fates Decide. You can also email us at Three Fates Decide at gmail.com. And check out our website at threefatesdecide.com to find other episodes, information about your three hosts, and all of our other links. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next time on Three Fates Decide.